0: Hi, we're Steve and Cindy Wright with Marriage Missions International, and this is our monthly Marriage Insight Podcast. This time, we're going to be sharing with you lies we believe that are marriage killers. You know, we're confronted by lies every day. Our culture lies to us. Advertisers lie to us. We even lie to ourselves. One of the biggest lies that people grab onto is the fairy tale ending where it reads, and they all lived happily ever after. It sounds great, doesn't it? You fall in love, marry, and you live happily ever after. But too often, that's one of the lies that we can come to believe. Oh, if only it was that easy. The truth is that it just doesn't come easily. The fairy tale lie never points out all the hard work that goes into making the happily become an ever after. When the reality of everyday living hits home within marriages, Many couples live miserably ever after rather than the other way around. Somewhere in between living happily and living miserably with your spouse is the truth of the mission of marriage. A loving, healthy, happy married life is made up of two imperfect human beings who live in union with a perfect God, glorifying him we often overlook that part. We do this through serving and showing love to him and to each other for as long as we both shall live. To live out this mission of marriage, we need to stop believing the lies that can kill our marriages. And to help us do that, we're going to share some of the common marriage lies that too many spouses grab onto and embrace. By bringing these lies out into the light, we hope they'll lose their power.
1: So here's the first lie that Dr. Chris Thurman points out and he combats afterwards. He said, if it takes hard work, we must not be right for each other. And we've heard this so many times. Here's what Chris says. He said, let's face it. Marriage is hard work. Make that marriage is very hard hard work, tremendously hard work. Underline it, bold face it, tattoo it on your forearm. Actually, I'd prefer you to tattoo it in your brain instead of your forearm, but that's what he said. He said, this is the first rule of marriage. Any marriage that stays healthy and happy throughout the years has been worked on. It's a truth, though, that very few of us understand. So the moment that marriage isn't smooth, a lot of couples begin to wonder, are we right for each other? Steve and I have heard this so many times. Chris goes on to say, I'd argue that hard work in marriage often suggests you married the right person, although there are exceptions. Overall, the difficult struggles in our marriages often show us where our personalities are deficient and give us the chance to work on it. So here's a spiritual truth that the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 7, 28 that kind of combats that lie. He said, those who marry will face many troubles in this life. When we face the truth, we're better able to do the hard work that needs to be done in order to improve our marriages that go through those tough times.
0: Aren't you glad that in the marriage ceremonies, you never hear 1 Corinthians 7, 28 quoted, those who marry will face many troubles in this life. But it's true, you will. But the next marriage lie that we urge you not to believe, written by Dr. Thurman in his book, Lies We Believe, is, I shouldn't have to change. Dr. Thurman responds to that lie by writing the following. Sadly, there is the lie that in a good marriage, spouses don't or shouldn't have to alter who they are for each other. What garbage. Of course, we need to change who we are to fit our spouses better. The challenge is deciding what to change. When we marry, all of us have aspects of our personalities that are deficient and need to be tuned up or overhauled. More often than not, our weaknesses are our spouse's strengths. Marriage involves improving our weaknesses, not wrapping ourselves up in an accept me as I am flag. And here's the scriptural truth that he says. We are to make every effort to live at peace with all and to be holy. Hebrews 12:14 Now that includes changing that which we can that causes problems within our marriage relationship.
1: Remember, we're talking about marriage here. If you're single, you don't have to change for anyone. But when you become part of a marriage team, then there are changes that need to be made. And then here are two marriage lies. They're kind of shorter, but they're so important that are presented by Prescott Williamson in his article, Five Lies We Believe in a Christian Marriage. Here's the lie. Having a child will make the marriage better, or stronger and this is what he says cut to millions of parents slowly shaking their heads no kids are the best but by themselves they will not save your marriage only god can do that you cannot put the fate of your marriage in their tiny hands children are a gift from the lord but do not place the burden on them to save your marriage And I want to interject here, Steve and I have seen this a lot where people do this to children and it's just not fair. They're children. Let them live as children. You need to do the hard work as adults to do what you need to, to make your marriage better and stronger. Don't believe that lie, that it's up to the child. So here's a second lie that Prescott points out that too many people believe. Getting married completes you. Now that seems like it should be a truth, but it really isn't. Here's what Prescott says. He says, marriage does not complete you. If you remove God from the equation, you are not complete. Even if you remain married, marriage is supposed to bring you closer to god we're told in ecclesiastes 4:12, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken and i want to say here god is a third strand strengthening you as husband and wife that's a scriptural truth that we can believe when we join together with god we're a winning team and we're stronger together
0: the following are two more marriage lies that we can fall into believing Debbie McDaniel, from her article, 10 Lies the World Tells You About Marriage, gives us these insights. The first one is you may just have fallen out of love. This is also where we often will hear the phrase, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. She says, we don't really fall out of love, but we may have just stopped making the choice to love. We might find ourselves drifting away. The world's call to simply follow your heart is not what God's word teaches. Our hearts cannot always be trusted because if we're not making wise choices to stay close to him, and to the home front, we may find ourselves not only drifting, but getting caught up in the fast moving currents. Prayer and God's word over our marriage is a powerful tool to keep drawing us close together. Even if you find you're the only one praying, God hears and he is faithful to help us. Now, here's the scriptural truth that we are told in the Bible. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, And love and the greatest of these is love Corinthians thirteen thirteen.
1: And then here's another lie many people are told and then they believe it. If you're not happy, don't stay in an unhappy situation. You deserve more or you deserve better. So these are Debbie McDaniel's thoughts on that particular lie. For many of us, marriage can tend to bring out selfishness like nothing else. We want our way and we insist on our rights. We want our spouse to make us happy and we want it right now. We we seem to be living in a day and age where everything is more of rush, rush, rush. She says in the midst of demands, we'll never be free to truly love and serve one another. Our focus will tend to be one-sided, our side, and that's what we want. We might say that we want both sides, but when it really comes down to it, we really want our side. We want our spouse to come to our way. Debbie goes on to say, yet God's goal for marriage was not just to make us happy. The truest picture of marriage is that it symbolizes the love of Christ for us. And his desire for us is that we be made more in the image of himself. That's something that we forget. It's in the struggle that we learn more things than we do when things are going nice and easy. God doesn't always care about our comfort, but he cares more about our character. And sometimes it's in the hard times that our character is able to be developed. So here's the scriptural truth from 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13 that combats self-centered love over giving the type of love that Jesus Christ gave and gives to us. And I know many of you have heard this so many times, but please listen to what God says here. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give up all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Those are great things, but it's not the same as love. The Bible tells us for love is patient, kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. And that can hurt sometimes when we think about it. Those are hard principles to live by. But it's principles that God wants us to live by. So here's another scriptural truth that goes along with that lie that highlights the type of work God expects us to do. So we give ourselves the type of love that God wants us to give, not the kind of love that we want to give or the world wants to give. We're told in Philippians 2, 3 through 5, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. The love of Christ is our example.
0: Here's another lie that Bill Eliff points out in his article, Eight Lies That Destroy Marriage, with the following explanation to help combat that falsehood. I married the wrong person. Many people have told me, Eliff says, for example, that they're free to divorce because they married an unbeliever. They say, I thought he, she would change and become a Christian, but that didn't happen. We need to get a divorce. They recall that they knew it was a mistake, but they married anyway, hoping it would work out. Others claim that they just married someone who wasn't a good match. This is someone who wasn't a true soulmate. A wrong start in marriage does not justify another wrong step. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good, we're told in Romans 8:28 to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God tells us not to be poured into the world's mold. Instead, we're to be transformed, and that begins in our minds. Romans 12:1 through 2 reminds us that by doing this, God will give us exactly what we need for our lives. God's will for us is good, acceptable, and perfect. Here's the key for those who are now married. The Bible clearly says not to to divorce, with the exception of extended, unrepented sexual immorality. God can take even the worst things of life and work them together for good if we'll just trust him. If you begin to think there is no hope for my marriage, realize that with God, all things are possible.
1: Finally, as it pertains to lies that we can falsely believe, it's important to realize that we will be continually exposed to lies as we live on this side of heaven. That's part of living on this earth. Be aware of that. Whatever you do, please don't take God out of the equation when you're facing life-changing, marriage-changing types of decisions. Jesus said over and over again in the gospel, I tell you the truth. You hear him say it. I tell you the truth. You hear him say it again and again. I tell you the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He knows how to tell the truth. He's the one we should ultimately listen to and follow. Be careful of what you believe when people give you advice. People can lead us astray, but God won't. As far as human advisors, we're told in the Bible, a wise man will hear an increase in learning. A man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. We're told to go and look to others for wise counsel, but just make sure that it is wise counsel. As we're told in Ecclesiastes 21 through 22, do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you yourselves have cursed others. There just are times when we have to pay attention and be discerning. We're also told in the Bible in Proverbs 14, 15, The naive believes everything, but the prudent man considers his steps. So when somebody comes to you, consider your steps. Consider their steps. Consider the source and consider your steps. Read the truth in God's word and then start applying what you learn in your marriage. Those things that you know can help your marriage. Look to God for ultimate wisdom and truth. Be careful not to try to rush his answer to you though. He knows the best timing for answering our prayers, and our pleas. You can see it throughout the Bible. When different people tried to rush God's solutions for things, it did not turn out well. And we've seen that in our lives, that that's true. As you read throughout the Bible, you can see that God's timing is not our timing, but it is the wisest.
0: Additionally, be careful in what you embrace as far as human advice. Yes, God can give them wisdom, He uses people as one of his many tools to help us, but they are human and human beings can often get it wrong. Their intentions may be noble, but sometimes intentions and truth can get twisted in the process of caring for others around us. Weigh everything against the Bible, pray, read, be aware of God's teachings, wisely glean and follow through with that which God tells you. Just make sure you don't inject your own version of truth into your decision-making. In our prayers for you, we are asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Colossians 1, 9 through 10 is Cindy in my prayer for you this week. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of God. That concludes our Marriage Insight for you this time, but we have a reminder for you. If you'd like to hear other podcasts of past Marriage Insights, or if you're just looking for more help for your marriage, go to our website. It's marriagemissions.com. Cindy and I also wrote the book, Seven Essentials to Grow Your Marriage, It's available both in electronic and print form. This could be a great resource to help build your own personal marital team or maybe give it as a gift to a couple getting married to help them get off on the right foot. For more information on all of this, just go to our website at marriagemissions.com. Until the next Marriage Insight Podcast, we're Steve and Cindy Wright, hoping you'll make it your mission to reveal and reflect the heart of Christ within your marriage.